You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. everybody and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 430. I'm your host, Chicken Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. Shit, it's guest of Palooza Month on Trophy Wars. He brings the awesome every week. It's I Yield to No One. It is an absolutely fabulous episode. One we're celebrating and you'll find out here shortly. And he's the master of the dual screens. He's Mr. Stephen Fontana. Hey, it's me. I'm the guy that says Steve in the intro, and it's been 30 episodes. What's up, guys? So hold on. When, when Tricky says you're the master of the dual screens, does Andy ever get, like, pissed about that? Uh, I'm fairly confident he's never listened to the show once. Hold, hold on, Steve. I got I, I to gotta cut you off for a second. Alex, that's like the third time you've asked that question on the show. No way. <laughs> yes. No way. I've listened... I've listened to past episodes, and when I, there's a couple episodes where I go, he's the master of the dual screen, Steve says hi, and then Alex goes, i got to ask, is Andy bothered by that? You know what, the answer can always change, because maybe Andy's heard it so many times, he's like, I'm sick of this fucking shit, I'm on dual screens too. Nah, he's, he's alright. He's fine. How the hell you been, Steven? I have been a little, I mean, perturbed by this whole, uh, this whole situation that everybody's, you know, is in, uh. It's been, uh, I mean, you know, New York City is, is kind of a hellscape right now. So, um, but, you know, taking care of the kids, the family. Uh, I actually, uh, after I lost my job, I actually started work as a video game developer for a studio called Mega Cat Studios. And uh, I have worked on a total of five or uh, six video games now. Um, in some capacity or another, I have lent my voice to multiple games at this point, multiple characters. So I'm actually kind of a game dev now, but, uh, other than that, are you a game dev or are you a voice actor? I'm a game dev too. I've been doing, uh, I guess the title is called game generalist. Um, and it's, and it's sort of like various tasks that need to be done, whether it's from the design phase or a, uh, dialogue writing phase or translations or like, uh, cleaning up the script, doing a pass through over editing, but like it's all that kind of stuff. So while it's not like coding or creating art, it's more of the systems in the game. Like, uh, you know, the rules, you know, does this make sense kind of thing? And it's just, it's been pretty cool. And, and the whole company works remotely anyway. So this isn't new to them. The, the, the uh, pandemic's not, doesn't change the way they do business. Um, it just changes kind of the amount of business they do, but yeah, every single project I'm working on has not been announced, so I can't really tell you anything about them. But um, I will say that uh, it's it's been really cool. I've been doing it for about a month now. I actually started the day I got fired from my other job, um, or let go, as they say. Um, so yeah, but it, but it's been a lot of fun. But you know, this has been pretty pretty crazy. But I'm glad to uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk. Uh, I'm happy to talk Sony. Focus on that for a little bit and uh, have some fun. All right. Uh, so let's get into update trophy count. I am level 55, total trophies of 13,055. 
240 Platinums. Alex? Level 31, total trophy count of 6,926 with a Platinum count of 103 and 102 games. Yield? Level 29, with a trophy count of 6,176 and a Platinum count of 100. Congratulations, sir. I saw you hit the big three-digit numbers. I did. The, the, the quarantine has been kind to me. <laughs> Sid is level 40, total trophies of 9,633 with 171 Platinums. And Steven. Yes, I'm level 16. I have a total trophy count of 2,360, and I have 11 Platinums. Going for that dirty dozen. It's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. You, have you played My Name is Mayo yet? Uh, on the Vita, yes. And you haven't played on the PS4 yet? No. That could, that could be your 12th Platinum. I will not. No, that will not be my 12th Platinum. I think it's going to be something that either I was already pretty far into or I might just let Final Fantasy VII Remake be that because I feel like it's very attainable in the remake. What happened to uh, Apex? A- Apex, I have 100%. There's no Platinum. There's just the gold for 100%ing it. So. Oh, there's no Platinum in it? No, I, but I did 100% that. That was uh, I 100% that a couple of months after it came out too, so... It's not that hard. It's a very easy... It would have been a very easy Platinum, so I I understand why they didn't put it in there. All right. So let's get into what we're playing. We'll start with you, Steven. What have you been playing? Oh, man. I've been playing a lot. Uh, So I've been playing... uh, I always play Apex Legends. It's kind of my rotation game. I really enjoy that game all the time. play with a a standard uh, rotating squad of like four or five friends. Um uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, been playing a ton of that, I'm about 30 hours in, uh, just uh, at the end, I'm at the tail end of chapter 14 of 18 chapters, um, so I should be able to finish that this weekend, um, I am actually got back into Bloodstained, um, the Ritual of the Night, uh, that on my PS4, uh, that's been a lot of fun, um, and uh, I also... <laughs> Uh, played a game called recently called Sneaky Bus, um, which is a crazy taxi like game that you. It's kind of like um, what was the name of that game? Uh, was it not s- Snake Snake on the Nokia? Do you remember that? You mean the one okay. where you're the snake and you eat all the little pebbles to grow in size? Yes, yes. So it's it's exactly that except in 3D and you are a bus. You start off as one little section and as you pick up. Uh, people, the the bus gets longer, and then you have to drop the people off in a time frame. It's hilariously buggy, um, ridiculous. Uh, it doesn't play very well. I wish it, if it played better, if it had tighter controls, it would be a lot more fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I played that for a little bit. Um, uh, on my PS4. What else? Oh, Control. I actually started Control not too long ago. Um, I really, really, really like Control. Like. It it I feel like it's way way superior to uh, what is it uh, Jedi Fallen Order in my opinion um, which I did beat uh, before the 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 new year or right after the new year um, uh, yeah uh, and that's that's really it I mean I've kind of been bouncing of course I've been playing other games on other platforms but I'm not going to really talk about those here um, but yeah that's it why why Alex and you'll do that all the time. I mean, I I could. I mean, it's ba- I basically been playing Animal Crossing, um, and I've been playing the um, the early access uh, of uh, Forgone, uh, which is a fantastic game, and, and it is going to be coming to other to you know consoles and everything like that after early access is over. 
Um, but if you like, um, if you like, mm, I'm trying to think, it, it's like it's a side scroller slasher. You know, be you know, slash them up uh, platformer with loot drops, kind of like Diablo. Um, and it's got be- it's beautiful combat. Um, really, really like that game. Uh, look it up if you have never heard of it. It's called Foregone, F-O-R-E-G-O-N-E. Um, it was my game of PAX East this year. Um, super enjoyed it, and uh, and I and you have to you should keep your your ears and eyes open for that one. Y'all, Steven's been putting in work. We look up like, like a bunch of slubs in comparison. <laughs> I be, I I mean with with dual screens. I, I've been playing a lot. I, I've been getting, you know, meeting a lot of devs, getting a lot of codes, you know, putting in some work, trying to make videos of everything. It's, uh, there's this game metal unit that I was playing as well. Uh, that's in early access. That's also on steam. Um, that's another, it's a very similar, it's an action platformer. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of games out there. I've been trying to focus mainly on indie games on everything else, except for my PlayStation. And I've been trying to get through all the games I missed. And then final fantasy seven remake happened. So, um, I want to, I'm going to get through that and then go back to my backlog and try and get through that. All right. Yield. What have you been playing? Sir? So I've been playing, uh, borderlands, the pre-sequel, uh, driver, San Francisco, which was 99. Uncharted 4, which was 100. Uh, played a little Rock Band 4, but we realized that the season was over. It was in limbo, so I played anyway. Because <laughs> I had it on, and I'm like, yeah, I'm playing anyway. And then I am in the midst of 101, working on my last trophy. That's why I was five minutes late getting up here to record. And Mud Runners. All right. Alex. Well, while I wait for Sony to put something on the PlayStation that I would like to play, uh, I've been gaming on the Switch. I've been more tilting towards the uh, the dual screens there. Of course, doing my Max Raid Battles Pokemon Go. Uh, also playing Animal Crossing. Trying to uh, Ashley and I right now are trying to put a little uh, boardwalk amusement park with a little teacup ride on uh, on our island. So uh, yeah, mostly Animal Crossing and uh, well, I said Pokemon Go, but also Pokemon uh, Shield. So I'm sorry to trick you to disappoint you with a bunch of Nintendo Switch games, but they actually have things I want to play right now that are relatively new. All right, and uh, I've been playing, uh, obviously, Division 2. I uh, finished up Darksiders War Master Edition and then put a poll out, which I don't think people really understood the the, the purpose of my poll. Um, I, I, asked, I put the poll out and it said, should I stay with Darksiders and platinum it? Or should I move over to Darksiders 2 to, you know, because I was making the content for the YouTube? That wasn't to say that I was never going to go back and platinum um, Darksiders 1. But everybody was like, oh, stay with Darksiders 1. Darksiders 2 is a shitty game and all this other stuff. No, I just think you shouldn't play Darksiders 2. It's actually a very good game. I don't no, know. No, it is not. Did you, have you ever played it? Yeah, I did. It, I beat it. It's not a bad game. It's just. It, it pales in comparison to the first one. Like, I mean, you can read my comments on Facebook. It feels like an overblown mess where they try to cram too much shit in there, trying to be bigger and better than the first game, which was far tighter. And, like, yes, it was, like, a Dark Zelda clone or very much took 
um, from the Zelda series, but that was a fantastic game. And I shouldn't just say Zelda. It borrowed a lot of elements from a lot of different games, but it did it very well. Whereas the second one was just like the Anchorman 2 of the series, like trying to be bigger and better and just outdo everything and just wasn't as good of a game. All right. Tricky, there's actually another game. Uh, it actually came out today. Um, I haven't played it since it came out, but I did play in that, that beta, The um, and I really dug it if you want to talk about I don't know if you – I know you don't play first-person shooters. Did you, any of you guys play uh, Predator Hunting Grounds? Is that something you guys are into or no? Uh, I, I'm interested, but the, I, from what I understand, if you play as the army, it's third-person, but if you play as a Predator, it's first-person? No, it's all first-person. It's all first person. So that's the yeah, one that's I, like I uh, Friday the Thirteenth, right? Where one person is the baddie, and then the other people are a group yeah, of it's, people. It's made by the. It's even yeah. made by the same company it's, too. It's made by the same company, Ilphonic. Uh, it's it's actually way tighter than than Friday the Thirteenth. Like it is, it is a. It feels like a first person shooter. It feels like a. It, it belongs in the conversation with like. Uh, the shooting mechanics and the, and the tightness and, and the, the overall look and aesthetics of like a Call of Duty or, or something like that. Um, it still has some work to do as far as sharpening those skills, but it's definitely there. Um, it's actually really, it's, it's, it's a very interesting concept because it's, it's 4v1, uh, sort of like Evolve in that way. And you have tasks that, you are, that your squad is trying to do. Now, if you're playing with randoms and you're not in like a PlayStation party, you can only hear each other if you're near each other. Which is really cool because it means you know it makes you like stick together as a unit and like do things as a unit. But like there'll be three tasks that you are supposed to do in order to get victory. And it like for example, one will be download uh or upload a virus to these computers, then uh, destroy the drug stashes, and then take out the drug kingpin, and and then get to the extraction point, right? And then all that's all the while it's a pretty big map and all the while the predator is looking for you and is hunting you. And it could also hunt down NPCs and you're going down shooting bad guys. You're alerting a uh, predator to your location, obviously. Um, but the predator can only see heat. So as you're walking around, you can slather mud on yourself to like, uh, disguise your, your heat, uh, output. So you kind of, yeah, there's like cat and mouse game going on. It's not as, like Predator's not as OP. You can take Predator down. So you can either do your mission, get it over with, get off and, and get off the, uh, the, you know, get out of the area. Or you can kill Predator. Um, and then if you, if you do, well, you down Predator. It, when you down Predator, one of two things could happen. He will try and self-destruct. And then you have to get the hell out of there or kill him before he self-destructs. When you kill him before he self-destructs, you can, for an for uh, optional experience points, you can guard his body so that the bad guys don't get his body. And if you do that, then you extract his body and you get a ton more experience points. Um, the you know obviously you could escape with nobody dying. You could escape with pe some people dying. You could you could down him. You could he could blow you up when he self-destructs. It's it's really cool. It's got a lot of different options and the missions and maps change often enough where it seems fresh. It is a little bit of the same, like go here, uh, find this object, hold square. Okay. Now move to this thing, hold square, move to this thing, hold square. Okay. Now survive this wave. Okay. Now take out this enemy or destroy this thing by holding square. So it's, it's a lot of that, but at least it like disguises it as something fun, but that I, that's out today. So I do recommend it if you're into, uh, mo online multiplayer games, uh, especially where one of you could be the badass predator and stuff. I'm assuming the predator isn't as strong as Jason was because the predator you can hide and you have a little like your like your camouflage ability would be like 
you can't like Jason can't really hide. He's just this big, powerful monster, like a dump truck of right. a human. But the predator can hide, so there's some like extra abilities with the predator that J- Jason. Did yeah, have. you and you unlock other abilities. Like he has invisibility. He hops in the treetops. Um, you could hear him, like you could hear his like growling or whatever. So like, it's kind of freaks you out a little bit. You're like, fuck, where is he? He's in the trees. He's got to be around here somewhere. And like, you look around and then you could tag him. You say, oh, I see him up there. And then it's just like the movies. Like you're looking up at the trees and you're shooting blindly because if you hit him, he'll bleed. And then you could see his green trails, uh, as he's bleeding, you know, his blood, but he's extraordinarily powerful if he can get you. Um, so if you're. Um, if, if the four of you are working together and you're communicating at all times and you don't separate because separating is, is you're going to die. Like if you separate, he's going to find one of you. He's going to kill you quick. He rips your skull and, and spine right out of your body um, and and he'll destroy you. He also gets more powerful with the more kills he has. Like he gets like this like rage meter. Um, so he can actually focus on killing NPC characters and you have this like give and take. You're like, we have to stop him from doing this because he's going to get more and more powerful. He's going to get faster. He's going to get stronger. Um, and it, and when you're waiting for your helicopter, it's like a, a truly, it's like a boss battle when you're waiting for your helicopter because all of the bad guys are trying to get you. They're trying to stop you from leaving while the predator is also taking them out and you like he's just running around like a like just nuts, just running around, just ripping people apart. So it's really is it's it's pure chaos. Like you're you're hanging out with your buddies and you're like I'm I'm cornered. He's coming to get me. You're like oh god, oh god, move over here, move over here. I got him. And it's just and then he'll disappear and he'll jump away. And you're like okay, okay, he's gone. Heal up, heal up, heal up, heal up. And you're like trying to put mud on yourself. And then oh he's back. And it's like it's just chaos. It's a lot of fun. I I it I re- I recommend that if you're looking for something new, a little change of pace. It does need to add some more content to the game. Uh, better unlockables, I would say, because it's like it's got that loot crate sort sort of thing going on for it where you're just unlocking cosmetics and attachments for guns and and you know leveling up and getting access to new weapons and stuff so it's got a little bit of a balancing issue as well um but i i i do enjoy it i think it's a fun game i'm probably not going to play it by myself i'll probably only play it with my buddies because it's just fun you know hanging out with your squad and while your other friend is chasing you around trying to rip your skull out but it's fun all right, and the third game, uh, which I've been playing, uh, which I can't tell you what it is, but I tr- did try to get Steven to play with me today, but uh, he didn't answer my messages. No, I'm not. Uh, no. Did, did you know what game I was talking about? Uh, it's yeah, it's uh, it's probably what is it? Um, Radio. What the hell is it called? Um, yeah, th- there was two of them that came out recently. Two two of the games that do the, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's Radio. Yeah. Uh. And I just I just realized I was checking the embargo. I can talk about it now. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh co-op up to four players, couch co-op, but obviously if you use the um, share play, you can uh, do over the line. That's what I was trying to get Stephen to do. Uh, it was funny because I was I sent messages to Stephen saying, "Hey, uh, if you help me play this game, I'll let you uh, screen pivot the entire time." <laughs> And he just didn't respond. I was, so I said another one. He just ruined my day, Stephen. I was doing things. Ah, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get into our stories. Uh, first story is there is a rumor that a gigantic Horizon Zero Dawn two will feature co op on the PlayStation Five. 
This article is coming from Push Square. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was purely a single-player adventure on the PlayStation 4, but it looks like developer Guerrilla Games has big plans for his next-generation sequel. According to Video Games Chronicle, a reliable source, the PlayStation 5 follow-up will include online co-op so that Aloy is no longer doing it all on her own. The website also states that both the studio and Sony have been keen on implementing the functionality into the series with... With the original game supposedly sporting the feature, but before it was scrapped, so the team could focus on other areas. In Horizon Zero Dawn 2, online co-op will be available, but it's not yet clear if this form will be part of the base experience or will be delivered via a separate mode. Uh, Video Games Chronicle goes on to claim that Gorilla once intended to release a standalone preview of the co-op feature with its progress carried over until the full game on the PlayStation 5. However, it's no longer clear if those plans are will be carried out. It's also uh, rumored that Horizon Zero Dawn will be a trilogy. Now, Alex, you are the biggest Horizon fan on the show. What do you think about this? The way you kind of fawn over Aloy, I'm the biggest fan on the show. I mean, I like the game. I love the game. It's, you know, it's probably my game of the year for that year. What was it, 2017? Yeah, that's when I wrote the, uh, the review for Prima Gamer. I mean, I... I don't know, it's not like a game like Dead Space where solitary, like, where you had to be in this, like, isolated role in order for the gameplay to actually be effective. This, I, I you know, first of all, we knew uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is coming, but as far as co-op goes, like, I mean, yeah, like, I, I kind of, I say yeah, but I also, I guess, kind of conflicted too, because it was a game that I enjoyed playing single player and just experiencing the story, and then, like, you know, like playing couch co-op maybe would be fun, but like playing online, I mean, I guess with a friend, like if Tricky and I could kind of hook up and, and play a game, I guess that would be fun. But I, it's still more of a game I'd want to experience in single player because I want to take my time. I want to play the game my way, talk to the NPCs when I want to, do the certain quests when I want to. And I feel like with a co-op player, you're kind of more hurried. So, I mean, it might be fun to play around with a co-op player uh, or a second player in the in the open world, but as far as like just doing the story... I wouldn't want to play most of the game with a second player. All right. Yield? I would prefer it to be something that was separate from the main campaign because I I didn't feel when I played the game that it was too big. It, it was – I was fine single player. Um, I, I, I doubt that I would play co-op with anybody unless it was somebody I knew. Otherwise – I don't want anybody messing with my game. Well, let me throw this at you, Yield. Like, what if they have a battle arena where you and, like, another player can take on, like, the biggest, toughest, like, machines that the game can throw at you? Uh, I'd do it with one of one of my friends, but I don't normally care for battle arenas. See, I, I'd be fine with it as long as they do it kind of like uh, Uncharted or The Last of Us where single player is left to single player and... The, the multiplayer is there, but it's not really in a, a factor on the main story. Steven, what do you think? Um, I This makes me think of when Assassin's Creed did co-op in Unity, and that was god-awful. Um, it was just a bunch of people trying to steal stuff uh, from your game and from treasure chests and running around, and, and you needed to play with somebody to unlock certain things in the single player, like certain multiplayer treasure chests and like all that stuff. I, I don't, 
I don't like that type of thing. I mean, it could be a simple, oh, you want to join my game? Okay, I'll invite you. And then you press start and you're just like some nameless dude that just helps Aloy hunt stuff down. Maybe that could work where it's just like an added person to just help you fight where they don't really, they can't advance the story. They don't really add anything. They're not like a, a beefed up character or whatever. Maybe that could work. Um, but I, I just, I don't think there's any need to do something like this. Um, I could see it work combat wise. Like I could see a really cool thing where like somebody drops down the, the lines to like tie down the big mech and then, you know, Aloy climbs up and tries to, you know, override it or something like that. I could see that happening. Or maybe they do something where she has a robot, uh, companion, like a giant wolf thing or something. That's- it's a little foreshadowing to uh, a topic later we have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, may- yes, exactly. But maybe you can be like, I didn't, I didn't even put that together. But yeah, maybe the other player will play a mech of some kind that is kind of like a sidekick that you could just almost like Mario Galaxy where somebody takes over, you know, as the hat or whatever. Um, maybe something like that. I don't know. And just in the article, it does say that uh, this. Game was originally started to play, uh, come out for the PlayStation 4 and was uh, moved over to the PlayStation 5. And they're also saying that uh, the open world in the sequel is much larger and more freedom to explore it. So, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I I, I don't... I'm not against multiplayer in my games, but there's some, some games I believe that should stay single player and not have a multiplayer component. That being The Last of Us, even though The Last of Us multiplayer was good, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, trying to talk shit about it, but games like Metal Gear, Horizon, uh, The Last the Last of Us, Uncharted, I, I just think those games should be left alone and be single-player experiences. You don't have to put multiplayer in everything. And, you know, when I see the success of how Horizon Zero Dawn was... And now they want to put a multiplayer in it. It just leaves a sour, uh, you know, a sour taste in my mouth. Being that, you know, you don't have to tack multiplayer on this. It it showed that the game was good enough to be single player. Leave it alone. You don't have to put multiplayer on it. They well, they have to think of it a little differently because they're putting it on a it's uh, on a new console. So it could be an attractive thing to new players to be able to play together on their shiny new PlayStation fives. Um, you know, they, they may be doing that to make it a little bit more attractive, uh, to be a yeah, day but, one buy and stuff like that. But don't you think that that runs the chance of sour in the experience on the series? Not necessarily. Not if it's, I mean, if you have to play co-op, yeah, of course. But if it's just the thing that's there, that's an added little feature that, that you can, you know, click a button and join your buddy's game and just kind of dick around for a little bit. I, you know, it doesn't, I don't think that'll matter, but like, imagine, imagine God of War, right? Imagine, you know, I can go into your... Like, you could say, hey, come play with me, and I'll just take over... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Atreus. Atreus, and just, like, shoot arrows and, like, help you solve puzzles and, like, kind of wander around, wander around and just do stuff. You know, that that's what I picture this thing being. I picture it being, like, a secondary, like... The AI is there doing stuff anyway... But may, why not have your friend help you? Like, you're, like, what if I, you know, what if you beat Horizon already, Horizon 2, and I'm, like, midway through, and, and you're just like, hey, you want me to just dick around with you and, like, 
yeah, sure. Come on. You, you beat it already. You know, you can help me out, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I could see something like that being a, a good thing, especially, uh, if it's a launch title on, on the, the new console. All right. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? No. Uh, I'll just say that it's not necessary. I could see how it'd be good in certain situations, mostly with combat, like Steven said, but I, I think it's it's pretty much better without it because if you really enjoy Horizon, it's going to be something because you enjoy exploring the world and taking your time, and you can't always do that with another person playing. All right. Let's talk about spoiling other people's experiences. Call of Duty is implementing uh, a new policy for cheaters. Players who are suspected of cheating in Call of Duty Warzone will now be forced into same matches as punishment. The news was revealed by Call of Duty Modern Warfare developer Infinity Ward on Twitter, which gave fans an update about its plan for fixing the influx of cheaters into the game's Battle Royale mode Warzone. Starting this week, the matchmaking system will ch check and match suspected cheaters in the same lobbies so they can duke it out and may the best aim bot win. Additional measures to support this change to the matchmaking system will include notifying players when the cheating report results in a successful ban and increased resources across back-end tech studio enforcement teams. As well as a set of dedicated security updates, Infinity Ward notes that in the statement, there will be some new anti-cheat features on their way to Warzone, namely reporter player functionality, which is coming to kill cam and spectate modes, meaning players can catch hackers in the act with increased accuracy. Now, uh, I'm going to throw this to Steven for a second. And sure. Now, Steven, I, I know you didn't play... Or excuse me, I don't know if you actually played Warzone, but I, I know you play games like uh, Apex. Uh, I've I've watched the, the the videos on the YouTube of all these hackers and whatnot, yeah. and it seems what it, it what all the cheating is coming from. And I'm not saying all the cheating, but you know, I'm, I'm speaking generalized. Mostly the cheating is coming from the PC side, yeah. And this is also an argument against crossplay because console players. You know, for the most part, are you know not cheating? Where most of the majority of the cheating is come from the PC side. Yeah. So I'm going to throw this to you one one way. One, what do you think about Activision throwing all of the suspected cheaters into their own server? And two, is this an argument against crossplay with PC at least? Um, I think that this is kind of like how Australia was made. Um, just throwing all the suspects onto an island and letting them figure it out. Um, but uh, yeah. CJ's not going to be happy with you on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we've been saying that forever, right? Like just put, let them play together. Let them all be mad at each other and rage quit on each other. Like, yeah, I've seen videos where a, a streamer, a pro like pro level uh, gamer was streaming and he got killed by a clear aimbot Cause the guy was like 400 yards away shooting him with like an Uzi or something like that. Um, and just headshotting him. And then he spectated him, and he, and because he's a good, uh, you know, pro-level gamer, he has a direct contact with uh, the Activision mods. So, like, he messages them and is like, you have to look at this guy. So, like, they, in real time, he's watching as thing, as the guy is, he, I think the guy got, um, oh, what was it? It was 49 kills or something like that? It was something ridiculous. I watched that exact same video. Yeah, it was it was insane. The guy was just going around like it, it. They were on rooftops like five miles down, and he's just like picking them off on these. I mean, it was blatant. Um, 
yes, they come from PC, but that's not the only that's not the only way that they cheat. I think the worst way is in some games, uh, some crossplay games, they don't match. If you're playing with a keyboard and mouse, they don't match you with players that are playing with a controller. And what other what some of the hackers are doing as well is they are tricking the system into thinking they're using a a uh, a gamepad or controller when they're using keyboard and mouse. Um, especially it gets murkier when you can use keyboard and mouse on uh, Xbox. Right. Um, it, it's supported, but they don't let you play those game those online shooters typically with keyboard and mouse. So it's kind of like that's their way of policing it kind of thing, um, at least on the console space. But I don't think it's an argument against crossplay. I think it's an argument uh, for better um, detection measures uh, that if you're going to do a crossplay game in a competitive online shooter, there has to be a blanket, a baseline level of measures that are that that are taken into account to stop things like this from happening. Like I said, you know, detect when the code is changed in somebody's game, detect when something is, 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 you know, being added to a game, detect when, um, where somebody is getting headshots from, how quickly they're getting headshot or, uh, you know, how, how often, how frequently, um, detect when their inputs are changing on the fly, uh, you know, stuff like that. I think if they do that and they work on those systems, I think crossplay is always going to a, a good option. It's always going to be good. Um, and a lot of games bake in that you can, can you can opt out of playing with PC players. So as long as the there's not a hack there that makes you appear as a console player when you're using PC, which I don't think that exists. I could be wrong. Um, then that's always an option that you can do going forward. Because I don't mind playing with Xbox and Switch players. You know, like who cares? Um, kind of all in the same same playing field. But yeah, I digress. All right, Alex or Yield, do you have a comment about this? I don't really like the idea of singling out. PC players, because there are a lot of people on PC who probably play fairly. So, I mean, you you can't really generalize and just kind of cut them all off. I, you know, I like their solution. You know, let all the cheaters, like, put them on a pool in a pool and let them just, you know, cutthroat style, just go after each other, do whatever the fuck they want. I think that the most important thing in all of this is that there needs to be an idea. Like, they need to have an idea from the very start, because people are always going to try to cheat. Maybe not everybody, but a, like a, at least a portion of the, the audience is going to try to cheat. So you have to figure out, okay, how do we, from the cut, how do we deal with cheaters? Come up with that before you release the game, and you need to monitor, and then you need to take decisive action. So if somebody is cheating, then, you know, take care of it. So, but I think that having a, like, a, like an idea of what you want to do, or knowing, like, a, a plan of how you want to deal with it, and then actually keeping your eyes open for it, and dealing with it, and, you know, listening to the community, I, I think those are the most important things, because you're never going to completely knock out all of cheating. I don't think there's any measures they can do before the game releases. Uh, I mean, you can do fixes and stuff as the game rolls on, but you kind of just got to, you know, test it as best you can, release it to the world, and just react. All right, Yield? No, nah, I have no problem with dumping all the cheaters, you know, well, cheaters, air quotes here, dumping them all on the same server and then letting them have their merry little way. All right, so now let me ask you all three of this because I, I, I have no problem all getting them all getting on the same uh, server and, you know, play pool and whatnot, but why not just ban them straight out? If, if you know they're cheating, then why not just ban them straight out? Well, then that hurts your your uh, your numbers, so to speak. You know, you won't have the 
you may not have the same amount of people playing. If they're still going to play, you're just going to group them all together. So you're choosing money over your player base. Yeah, but no, yeah. they're not really choosing money over their player base because if everyone who's no, been cheating is sequestered into the same pool, then you're yeah. still punishing them, but they're still allowed to play. So as long as those people can't get back them. into the ecosystem yeah. with everybody but, else, like, why not? Yeah, you are. But, you're, you're not letting them in with the general population. You're saying, here, you group of cheaters play over here while the general population can go play over here. Right, which is basically saying, hey, continue to cheat because we're not going to stop you from cheating. But if they're all well, cheating fine. against each other, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's like thieves yeah, stealing from thieves. Each other. I, I don't know. I, I just... I, it, there's something that just doesn't sit right in saying, like, if you know they're cheating, because which, what you're going to have by putting everybody into the same pool is you're going to have some people that are saying, I'm not cheating, and you're going to get some you know, false positives of people that are playing legit that are now stuck in this pool with a whole bunch of cheaters and you're going to ruin the experience for them. Where if you know this guy is cheating, just ban him straight out. So like banning them doesn't ruin their experience if they're not cheating? Taking away their complete ability to play is not ruining their experience? No, I'm saying if you know 100% this person is cheating, then ban them. If you're going to throw everybody into the same pool... You know, at least have an appeal system saying, okay, listen, I'm thrown in this system or into this pool, but I'm not cheating. And if they can somehow prove that they're not cheating, then... Tricky, in both situations, someone who you, you know, say, you know, as with the division situation you were talking about, we've been talking about for a few weeks, you're going to have people potentially caught in the crossfire, and your solution doesn't do anything for those people. They're still either banned or in the cheater's pool. So they're still punished. I think the cheater, the cheaters pool is kind of uh, like I look at it as a, it's a, it's a, a funny way to punish the people who are cheating, but it's also a way to kind of put the people who you you suspect is cheating and are still waiting to gather evidence on, or maybe they are appealing and you don't or and you don't want them to, you know, continue to ruin things if they happen to be cheating. So you throw them in that in that on that island and let them deal with it. Um, so basically the island is purgatory saying, okay, we think you're cheating, but we're going to put you over here until we can prove whether or not you are actually cheating. Yeah, sort of. Well, so it prote- I would assume right. it kind of protects Activision because if they ban people unfairly and, you know, I'm sure that somebody would, you know, take legal action, start a clash action lawsuit saying, hey, I paid money for this game. I now can't play it because they've unfairly banned me. Well, well if they do this. Well, it's a free game. What's that? It's a free to play game. Okay. Well, I'm sure that maybe you, you it's free to play, but there's money. microtransactions in there. So if you buy content oh, well, yeah. for it, you have put money into this thing, same as you would as a, another video game. But if you just throw them into the cheater's pool, they can still play. They can't say, oh, well, they took away my ability to play, so they either, either refund my money or something like that. They still can play. Plus, it's the same account that would be used on... Uh, regular Call of Duty online, like it's still your whatever your your tag is. So I imagine right. if they're banned from Warzone, it, that that stigma probably takes them into other multiplayer modes where the game isn't free. Mm. All right, let's move on to our next topic. GameStop plans to reopen stores and take, uh, and, and the execs are taking pay cuts. And people still don't stop at game, shop at GameStop. <laughs> Uh, this is coming from IGN. GameStop has announced business updates. Uh, uh, before I go, doesn't IGN own GameStop? Something. I don't. I don't know how that works. 
I know IGN was was heavily involved with Game Informer. I do not think IGN is big enough to own GameStop. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Game Informer. They they were, uh, they had GameSpy. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna look this. Yeah, because I, I know, I know GameStop and IGN have some kind of a collab because, uh, in the past they've talked about how full disclosure, you know, we're, you know, associated with GameStop. I don't know exactly what the business relationship is, but anyway, uh, GameSpy uh, merged was, with IGN in 2004. Game Spy, yeah, yeah. Uh, GameStop and IGN combine media and retail offerings to transform the online video game experience. Uh, the world, uh, GameStop, the world's. This is from. Uh, this is on GameStop's uh thing, and this is from 2011. Uh, GameStop, the world's largest video game and multi-channel entertainment software retailer, and IGN Entertainment, the leading online media network for video game enthusiasts, have announced an exclusive large-scale partnership. Uh, that combines content for, uh, from IGN with expert review content from Game Informer magazine to make GameStop.com a single destination for gamers who want to maximize their game experience. Uh, together, GameStop and IGN will integrate their offerings to enrich the online experience for video game fans seeking information about games from early announcements to post-purchase. Like when they used to have those uh, IGN videos playing in the stores and stuff like that. It wasn't like an ownership thing. It was just like an ex- a um, mutually beneficial partnership as far as okay. content sharing. Fair enough. I, I, I knew they had some kind of relationship. I, I thought maybe one bought the other. All right, going back to the article here. GameStop has announced business updates and its plans to reopen stores and cut executive salaries in response to the coronavirus pandemic. After originally keeping some stores open in defiance of certain state government's orders, then shut down all non-essential business, GameStop's retail locations eventually transitioned into curbside pickup only model to keep its employees and customers safe from the coronavirus. GameStop CEO... GameStop CEO George Sherman stated, quote, since we closed our stores to the public on March 22nd through omni-channel fulfillment, we have retained over 90% of our planned sales volumes in the two-thirds of our stores that are conducting curbside operations, end quote. In its latest move, Sherman announced, quote, salary reductions for our senior manager team and board of directors as well as wage rate reductions for some of the corporate and field support staff, end quote. GameStop is offering certain employees the option to work under a half-time, half-pay structure or temporary furlough program. Sherman is taking a a temporary base salary reduction of 50%, while CFO Jim Bell and the rest of the director's executive leadership team will be taking a temporary 30% cut. The board of directors have also reduced cash compensation to the directors by 50%. Certain other employees will see their pay temporarily reduced by 10 to 30%. GameStop has previously mentioned shut down one-third of its stores with the others adopted in curbside pickup model. The company has now begun the process of opening stores in Italy, Germany, and Austria, while South Carolina and Georgia are preparing to potentially reopen in the coming weeks. So, uh, let's start with Yield. Yield, is this a good move by GameStop by having their CEO and top execs take pay cuts? Well, I mean, it looks nice. So, I mean, your initial reaction is, well, yeah, they should take a pay cut because no one's making money right now. You also notice further down in the story that they mentioned that that some employees would be getting pay cuts as well, temporarily. 
So they yeah. so they led uh, with the execs getting cuts, but then buried in that was the the employees getting them too. Well, okay, I'm I'm not going to defend GameStop here, but it says certain other employees will see their pepper. I I don't know if that's uh, is going to be like store managers and sales associates. Well, here's the thing. I would assume so, but it doesn't say that outright. Here's the thing. GameStop handled this entire situation extremely poorly. They were a joke for, you know, for that entire weekend where they claimed we're not shutting down because we're essential. No one claimed that they were fucking essential because everyone knows they're not essential. You can go buy video games a number of places, and most people choose to buy video games other than, in places other than GameStop. So GameStop is the very definition of unessential. So the way they handled it and how, like, I like I know at least one person who worked for GameStop who was very unhappy with the situation, like, they get no credit from me. They eventually did the right thing because they were fucking forced to, but GameStop no, gets, gets no love from me. Like... That is a company that should not exist. All right, Stephen, your thoughts, sir? Well, I know I know how to fix the problem. Uh, I, I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head as far as that they're idiotic and stupid, but they could have easily fixed this problem. Um, you close your 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 storefronts, you use them as warehouses, and orders that come through, you make a partnership with your local post office. You get you know, shipping labels and a, and a label maker and you sit there and you fill orders and you ship them out to your, to your customers. You have a giant warehouse with used games. When, when people buy used games anyway, a lot of the times if the store has the used game and it's closer to you, they, they're the ones that mail it anyway. Um, or they mail it to the warehouse and then the warehouse ships it out to the customer like that. There's ways that you could have done this. You didn't have to be a storefront retail, um, that that's what I would have done. I would have said, "Hey, nobody's getting fired. We're going to pare down to two to three people in the store max. We're going to have masks. You're going to have gloves. You're not going to be sitting in the same, uh, you know, within the same five feet of each other. You know, one will be behind the counter, one will be up at the front by the door to make sure like nobody tries to get in or whatever. And you sit there, and when online orders come in, you print out the label, slap it on a box or an envelope. You put the game in the thing, and you and then at the end of the day, you bring your your shit to the post office. You drop it off, and you, and you go go about your day. Like, how hard would that have been? You could have run sales. You could have done. You know, I just got a, a notification for a buy buy two get one free used game thing from GameStop. I got, I got the same thing. Yeah, like, what you think I'm gonna go drive now to the store? Like, absolutely not. We're almost at the end of this thing in New York City. Like we're we're st- not not the end, but you know what I mean. Like we're we're at the point where we're we're we turning could, a corner, right? We could start thinking about slowly integrating essential businesses back into rotation. And you want me to go to fucking GameStop? What are you nuts? <laughs> I mean, I think for GameStop, like a huge part of the problem is they become kind of obsolete. There are so many places that sell video games now, and like for really for like more than anything, the digital game sales are what's going to kill off GameStop. Because, yeah, you know, I mean, like, yes, course. there are people that want physical copies. I, I get that. But for a lot of people, the convenience of being able to download a game at home on your couch, maybe turn on Netflix, and then after you're done with an episode of Netflix or something like that, you can go turn on your game and play it, or the game downloads to your console at midnight once it's released, taking out the middleman of GameStop. Like, what what doesn't sound enticing about that? Yeah, I, I just think that if they really wanted to stay afloat and they had a, a piece of protein between those ears of theirs, I think the, the the biggest thing they could have done was just say, "Hey, you guys, we get you can order uh, your your things instantly, on uh, you know online, but we're gonna give you a deal on it. We're gonna give you five bucks off the brand new games." 
Uh, we're going to give you whatever. Just this, just to have money going in, right? Like if you're trying to save your business, that's what you do. And then you just you tell them, okay, it, it'll be there between one and three days. Like, or you can we overnight it. Maybe you make a deal with the post office. We're going to use you exclusively, but we need a deal on overnighting or, or a deal on on one day shipping, or you know, work with uh, you know FedEx or whatever that whoever the hell it is. Like, they, there's things they could have done. Well, let me um, let me ask you this, Stephen. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Suggesting like, you know, giving a reduced price for the games they sell, that's a good idea. But Walmart sells a lot of new games for $10 less than, you know, the regular manufactured suggested retail price. Mm-hmm. It just takes longer to get it. Like, I don't think I've ever ordered, because Walmart is not near us. I don't think I've ever ordered something from Walmart that I, that I got within a week. So, I mean, it's it's enticing in some areas. It's not going to be enticing in others. Like, for me, I if I don't care, if if, if I don't care if I get it digitally or physical... Um, like my first party games, I'm going to want to get physical in the middle of a pandemic. I'm going all digital because I'm not going anywhere and I don't have to wait. I, you know, my hard drive, I'll just delete stuff. Like I don't care, but some people can't do that. Some people need the disc, um, for whatever reason. So yeah, yeah, you like, imagine if you had the option that your GameStop would hand deliver yourself. Like they, they hire, they keep their staff. And the ones that drive bring their car to work. They sit down. Oh, an order came in for Final Fantasy VII Remake. You're going over this guy Yield's house. Here you go. Here's the game. Here's here he paid. It's paid in full. Here's the instructions. And then you get the game in like two hours from when you bought it. See that? See that? That some stuff like that probably should have worked. And I'm glad you brought that up because my brother got hosed with that. My brother bought had Final Fantasy VII prepaid, and two days before it came out, his GameStop was open. Mm-hmm. Good fr- Good Friday comes around, he goes, "Leaves work, I'm gonna pick up Final Fantasy VII." Pulls up, his GameStop's closed, shut yeah, down. It makes no sense. So he couldn't even get his game. He had to. He still hasn't gotten his email, according to how their website is said. About, well, if you've paid your game in full, you'll get an email saying how you can claim your game. He reordered it over the weekend and has already gotten that copy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Like, I don't know if there's a, a I don't know if the, the local laws and rules dictate that they can't have staff. Like, if, if it's, if you can run your business, um, your non-essential business in a, in a safe way and still maintain your bottom line and you're not because they're not considered a small business although i'm sure they're going to get some sort of bailout um but like it seems like a no-brainer like your whole store is a warehouse you have thousands of games and and you're you're still going to get your shipments like i don't get it. it especially since online there are some things that you can be like, no, I'm going to go to that store and pick it up because supposedly my local store has it in stock. So right. you, it wouldn't have been, I don't think, I know, I'm, I'm not a, 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 a overly tech guy. It, you don't think that it would be hard to be like, okay, my local GameStop has these used games I want. You know what? I'm buying them. And like you said, boom, order comes across. Hey, go to the shelf, pull off these set of games envelope label here you go we're shipping them out the end of the day you'll have them in a day or two i really just think that they didn't think this was going to be as bad as it was and they decided to do nothing and wait and see what happens and now it's too late for them to to do anything like 
the first week that this was going down where people were still getting sick and the stores were still open and they weren't told yet that to, to close, they should have said, okay, we need to get ahead of this. This is how we're going to do this. And this is how we're going to save people's jobs. This is how we're going to make it so that if you can't go to work because you're sick or you, you're you afraid, like people being afraid when you're deemed an essential job, if you're afraid to go to work, you should not be held accountable for that because for God's sakes, it's a pandemic. It's not a joke. It's not because you sprained your ankle or it, you know, it's, it's not. It's serious. It's a really serious thing. It's something that, like, if you if you do get sick and you are sick, you could spread it to fifty people before you even know you have you're sick. So, I think fear is a perfectly reasonable reason for people not to go in. And that was the biggest thing that they got in trouble for was that they were they were telling people, well, if you don't come in in this pandemic, you're not getting paid and you can get fired. That's kind of shitty. So I don't know. I just think That's that very they. Shitty. Yeah, I just think that they're stupid, and I think that they're, uh, you know, it's like, I, I mean, how could you explain it? It's, it's really, it's like people with no finger on the pulse of what's going on around them making decisions for something they don't know anything about. That sounds like most bosses, but honestly. I mean, for the most part, but like, think about it, like the industry that I was in, a construction industry, like all of the people that run the, that, that company built stuff. They were construction people. They weren't just, they weren't like a college graduate with a banking degree running a construction company. Like they were, they knew what was going on, but all, but these GameStop retail, it's like, oh, I worked for Bloomingdale's or I was the head fucking whatever for FAO, not even FAO Schultz, because that would be too close too closely related to video games. But you know what I mean? Like you don't know anything about video games. You don't know anything about the market, how people want to consume it, how quickly they want to consume it. Like how stupid can you possibly be? And then you you ignore the fact that there's a pandemic and that it's like a real pandemic. It's not like something made up. It's not like a you know some joke. It's like a real thing. You ignore that or or you pretend it's not as I don't know. It's just it's completely tone deaf. It's totally mis- mismanaged. As if they weren't mismanaged enough as it is for the past decade. Like this just is the icing on the cake for me. Um, well, here let me I let me it. compare them to another specialty retail store. Please, do. Toys R Us. Uh-huh. Like Toys R Us eventually went out of business because they could not compete with other stores that to- sold toys. They focused on toys, but even they got beat out by their competition. GameStop is the same. Walmart has been the number one retailer for video games for the longest fucking time. Well, I guess, you know, they were there for a while. I don't know if Amazon now is uh, or the digital services are, but they were certainly ahead of GameStop. And when your focus is fucking video games and you're getting beat out by a store that also sells groceries and furniture and all this other shit... How can you expect to be solvent? It, well, it, it's to, just to a, be fair, yeah. Game, GameStop, the right, the writing's been on the wall for GameStop for a while, and I, we've we talked about it for the longest time. Where, you know, when we go all digital with our systems, GameStop has basically either got to extremely change their entire business strategy, or they were going to go out of well, business because like, the used game sales were going to go like away. Consoles, like. Can in yeah, stores but, that want to sell game like consoles don't make stores any money. So to have your consoles in stores for people to buy, don't you need to have software for GameStop to sell? Right, but the, the they Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they have other retailers: Best Buy, Walmart. But are they know, gonna, are those places going to carry consoles for video games they can't sell? I mean, yes, they can sell digital cards, 
and PlayStation cards for points on the PlayStation Network. They would probably need a bigger percentage of of the console sales. Like it would have to be the same as like a Blu-ray player, you know, like something like that. Right, but what what my what I'm saying is with used game sales going away, that was because I I I, you know honestly I don't know the you know the actual number, but I would say used game sales is probably what. 70, 80, 90% of GameStop sales? Yeah, probably. That's if, probably. You buy, so, if you buy used games from GameStop. I mean, yes. I mean, I don't know if I would say that high of their profits, maybe, but like of their total sales. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people go there and buy new games too. Well, true, but when you, when you turn in a game and you get in, you know, I don't know, let's say you turn in Horizon Zero Dawn and they give you $3 for it and then they put it back on the shelf and sell it for 40 they're making a $37 profit right there. Yeah, see, that's why I don't trade in my games at GameStop. So, I mean, that's why even like a company like GameFi is probably going to go out of business too because after a while, you know, there's nobody's going to want physical copies of games anymore. They're going to want all digital. And I know there's collectors out there that want their collectors, you know, their their games to put on the shelves, and I get that. But the, the writing is on the wall. Like, used game sales is going away. So GameStop either has to change their whole business strategy, which we've had reports of them doing. Like, they, they're starting to set up certain stores and, you know, as gaming hubs and whatnot, and that's great. But Reggie will fix it. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Yeah, actually, you, you sit there and say that physical media is is kind of going away. Maybe like you like to to that I would say yield will be buried at 103 years old with all the fucking video games he's ever fucking bought. That's right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but to 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 have a business where you're <sighs> I, I, don't know. I mean, the I point mean, is, GameStop. Whether we agree on the exact like, you know, argument itself, or we, I mean, we can agree, you know, regardless of how we get, we take the journey and what road we take to get to the mountaintop. The mountaintop is that GameStop's business model is fucked. All right, let, let's let's end this topic and talk about another weird business decision. Uh, you guys ready to get a little weird? We always get weird here on Trophy Horse Tricky. People don't realize okay. that you record naked and we watch a video of you. And you enjoy every minute of it. I didn't say anything about not enjoying it. All right. Uh, Sony has patented a robotic gaming companion that reacts to your emotions. God, I hope it's called Rob. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read this article. I think, it is I think Nintendo would have something to say about that. It's spelled with three B's. Or no, it's spelled with two B's because Rob's only one B. It's coming from IGN and it is written by Jordan Oloman. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm going to read a good portion of it. Sony has patented an autonomous robotic gaming companion that sympathizes with your user and reacts to their emotions during gameplay. A listing found on the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office website depicts the robot as a fuzzy little guy who sits next to you on the sofa while you play games. It has no mouth but a pair of endearing eyes and cute boots and is said to be able to talk and empathize with the player as well as move its arm, leg, or neck in reaction to the user's emotions. The patent mentions that Ideally, the robot would be autonomous to the point where it could sit beside you on the sofa of its own accord rather than being placed next to the user. It's also noted the robot could play games with the player. The example being given is that the companion controlling 
quote, the opponent team of a baseball game being played by the user, end quote. We already have con- computers controlling our our, our uh, opponent players. The, the patent describes the robot including a, quote, feeling deduction unit, end quote, an object control system that can detect and act upon the user's emotions. The unit can evaluate, quote, feeling indexes such as joy, anger, love, and surprise, end quote, and be, will be complemented by a biological sensor that can track the player's heart rate and sweating state. It doesn't sound too far from Sony's patent for a control attachment that measures biological responses. In summary of the object, the patent notes that the robot has been created to usher in a, quote, joint viewing experience, end quote, in order to motivate users to play games and react to them in the absence of face-to-face relationship with another person. Sony explains in the robot's function in more detail later in the patent, quote, it is expected that the user's affinity with the robot is increased and motivation for playing the game is enhanced by the robot viewing the gameplay next to the user and being pleased or sad together with the user. Further, regarding not only the game, but also a movie, television program, or the like, it is, expect, it is expected that the user may enjoy the content more by viewing the content with the robot as compared to the case of viewing it alone, end quote. Oh, my robot's going to be cursing a lot. So I was going to ask, <laughs> like, if you're really frustrated and you're trying to beat this hard part of a level over and over again and you're cursing, you're throwing at your controller, does a little robot friend, like, pat you on the shoulder and say, they're there, it's okay, you can do it, just keep trying. Probably runs away uh, like my kids do when I stand up aggressively. All right, going on here. <laughs> the pad explains that the robot, quote, has a, quote, love index, end quote, which will be affected by how the user speaks to the robot in moments of tension. When asked to be charged, if the player doesn't charge the robot quickly, it will evaluate that the player does not love it and will react in a similar fashion if it's kicked around instead of being stroked or if the user tells the robot that it's being noisy. It Sounds feels like unpopular. It will no longer empathize with the player during gameplay. A conscious action made to make the user reflect on their attitude and treat the robot more kindly in the future. It also helps improve, quote, life rhythm, end quote, and tells users to go to bed. Ah, that's just too freaky. What the fuck is this thing? The patent also describes a computer-generated version of the companion, which can be experienced in virtual reality when the player straps on a head mounted device quote a mechanism is proposed in this which is the taking content... a bad turn real quick <laughs> a mechanism is proposed in which the content is reproduced in front of the user and when the user turns sideways the user may see may see how the virtual character is viewing the content together with the user end quote uh you can watch a virtual sympathy robot watching you play games if you want sony's not going to support this bullshit i uh, you know what I just read all that, and I got to tell you, this is like the fifth time I've read this article, and I still don't know what the fuck is going on. Steven, I'm going to throw it to you since uh, you always have the greatest reactions to I, shit like I this. I mean, honestly, like, it's a patent that's probably never going to happen, but what, who, what COVID-19-induced fever dream created this <laughs> What is happening here? Fuzzy companion? Is it like a Furby? It sounds like Furby is what it sounds like. It sounds like a Furby that is terrified. Or, or that, what is happening? This is this is maybe Sony's planning a new horror franchise, and this is going to be the baby. <laughs> this this is the good guy doll of the Sony universe. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, like exactly. you know, if they had something 
like a Ratchet and Clank doll or, you know, a... Uh, you can't do Spyro because Activision owns that. Uh, a Sly Cooper doll or, like, all these little characters to help you or, like, they responded in their different ways. Like, maybe they could sell those, but that would be even more intricate creating all these different characters and all these different personalities than the bullshit they've got listed on this pattern. This sounds like something that someone thinks is a really good fucking idea that five people in the world will buy and Sony will never support. This is something that is going to end up on the refrigerator with a magnet and never spoken about again. <laughs> Next to Tricky's macaroni art. Exactly. You'll, uh, what do you think about all this, buddy? It, it's just all kinds of wrong, man. You know what? File your patent so no one else can, can do anything like that and just sit on it. Put it in the back of the room in a crate that you're never going to open again because that's just, uh, I was, you know, I was listening to it and I was like, okay, whatever, whatever. And the further you went into it, the further I'm like, no, this is a bad idea, man. Don't kind my of favorite, it's like the Terminator or something. Ugh. My, my favorite line in this whole article is it can also help improve, quote, life rhythm, end quote, and will tell, player, tell users to go to bed. That's yeah. Nintendo's job. <laughs> hey, we don't have Pokemon Sleep shit. just yet. Wow, this this this, this honestly sounds like Ted. Like, I I fully expect this this teddy bear to start smoking weed next to me. Tricky, may I offer you a sleep sedative? <laughs> you have been playing for thirteen hours. What what's this thing going to do when I do extra life? Uh, not not, not approved. It's going to want charge. All right. So let's move on to our topic of the week because people are losing their ever-loving minds about this. Uh, Topic of the week is PAX West is still scheduled for September despite coronavirus. Okay. Read Pop has announced that PAX West will move forward as planned from September 4th to September 7th at the Seattle Convention Center despite nationwide COVID-19 pandemic. In a message to attendees, PAX organizers Read Pop revealed that this year's Seattle event is still being planned for Labor Day weekend. The organizers also shared they're optimistic and will continue to clarify, excuse me, continue to carefully monitor the latest developments regarding COVID-19. Read Pop says it's, quote, working with health officials at all levels of government and adhering to the guidelines of the CDC and the HWO to ensure that the event is safe, health conscious, and responsible. Uh, people are losing their fucking minds because they're saying that PAX should just go ahead and cancel this. Well, obviously, see, this is... So this is March, almost next. March, yeah, May, June, July, August, well, September. So we're still five th- months out. Yeah, well, you said this is March. We're actually in April, sir. It's almost April. May. Okay, so... 90 days. Give them... Ni- when you're 90 days out, yeah, that's when you can cancel I mean, we're, we're, we're six months out. So, uh, honestly... We're six months out. Everyone's starting to talk about that we're we're on the downside of this. I see no problem with them going. We're planning on still having it, but yeah, like Steve said, you get ninety days out. Okay, you know what? Things haven't gotten better. We're we're canceling. The main argument that I'm hearing, or or I should say, I'm reading, is that they're saying that even if by August. There is no more coronavirus. It's completely gone. We found a, a whatever. 
there are going to be too many people that are too scared to go to an event like this. That's it. They should just cancel it and come back next year. Who cares? Oh, no, Which, like, people, people will still go. People, people like local people will go. Yeah, people will still go if it's there, um, especially if the virus is gone. But you know, well, all, there's also all of the scientists are saying that it's going to come back with a vengeance in the fall. So I don't think I necessarily think September is a good idea to hold anything. But whatever. I mean, is Gamescom in August? Was Gamescom in August? The Gamescom, I think, was in September. Okay, well, they canceled that, so PAX should probably be canceled too. Ooh, you're one of the cancels. I just think they have, they probably have some sort of contractual agreement that they can't cancel it until it's a certain amount of days out. Gamescom, just for the record, is uh, was uh, August 25th through the 29th, so basically September. Yeah, I mean, all airlines are. They, there's no reason. There's no. Um, there's no uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, downside to keeping it on the sc- on the calendar right now because even if they cancel it in July, um, there'll still be refunds for for airfare and for and you know and they'll still be able to get their money because of because of COVID. Um, so well, airlines well, the other... are still giving out you know refunds and stuff like that. The other argument that I'm seeing is that there's people actually that live in Seattle that don't want this to happen because they don't want sick people to bring the virus to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, again, you have to see what measures are in place. If we have widespread testing, if people who get off of airplanes are going to get swabbed in their nostrils and say, oh, shit, red alert, this guy's got it. Tackle everybody and anybody that was on that plane, you're done. You're in. Let's go. You're getting deloused. And then, and then you, you know, spray, you know, force feed them bleach and, you know, see what happens. Force feed the bleach. Bleach and UV light. That's it. And Tan- uh, tanning bed and a, and a Tide Pod. You're good to go. I, I, all right. So, Alex, I, you're saying that this should just be canceled. I think me, Steven, and uh, Yield are all saying, you know, it. Oh, it's going to get canceled. And it should get you canceled. Think it is going to be there's canceled. There's no reason to do it right now. They could oh, wait a it, it, it probably will get canceled because I'm sure they'll yeah. start feeling pressure from everybody else to go ahead and cancel it. Well, hold on. I want a second. Like I've heard, and and you know, it kind of differs from what Stephen heard. But this thing's going to come back with a vengeance in the winter. That's what I heard. Stephen said the fall. Um, so if they're expecting Same this difference. to come back and they are canceling all these events throughout the year, I mean, maybe they people say, oh, maybe don't do it just yet. And you know, yeah, they don't have to do it just yet, but. If Gamescom is canceled, I assume Tokyo Game Show is going to be canceled too. Why the fuck pretend like you're going to have PAX? Well, here's my question, and I'm not dismissing what you just said because I, I get your point, but why why even make a statement like this right now? You know, all this is going to do is have people, you know, throwing out their opinions. Why announce anything? I mean, PAX West was already on the schedule. If it's going on, you don't need to say it's still going on. If it's going to get canceled, you know, announce you that you're something. canceling it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, the, to me, there was no reason for some, for Repop to make an announcement saying, hey, we're still having this go on. Well, the, a lot of the businesses are having their quarterlies now. So they could have been on an investor call or something like that or, or like. You know what I mean? Like it, it typically the, this type of information that you don't want coming out, like all this stuff with WWE, they had their earnings call this week, stuff like that. So GameStop had it two weeks ago. That could be why. All right. 
Uh, let's see. I, I'm looking at the list right now just to see. It says every game event affected by coronavirus so far. Uh, the Taipei Game Show was po- was postponed. PAX East went on. You actually attended that, Stephen? I did. Uh, South by Southwest was canceled. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con uh, is supposed been postponed. GDC was postponed. Uh, the Vive Ecosystem Conference uh, was online only. Uh, EGX uh, was postponed until July. Overwatch League was canceled. BAFTA was online only. EVE was canceled. TwitchCon Amsterdam was canceled. Uh, I'm not going to go through this whole freaking list. There's like 15 million of these. Um, E3 was canceled. Gamescom. Uh, it says it's being postponed. And the Minecraft Festival, which was in late September, has been postponed. So, And MomoCon has been canceled. But I'm only saying that because I say Momo. All right, so let's move on to our questions, and then we can do our housekeeping. Uh, I gotta get to the questions. Somebody do uh, it's milk time. You're here on Trophy Horse. You're listening to four guys. Why don't you write some letters, and we will look at it with our eyes. It's mail time. All right. So, Joe, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, left a meme and simply asked, what is your spaghetti policy here? Uh, I'm just going to answer saying all spaghetti all the time. Spaghetti Spaghetti must be accompanied by a meatball. If there's no meatball, then there is no spaghetti. Yield? I have no idea what they're asking. What is the spaghetti policy here? You eat it. There you go. Alex? I hope that's the policy. I, I don't eat a lot of noodles, so I kind of eschew spaghetti. Holy shit, he called it fucking noodles. Carbs, oh, whatever Jesus. you want to fucking call it. You're, ki- oh my God. You're killing Steven. my Italian. Heart. I was going to say the Italian is like killing <laughs> I mean, I'll right say, now. you know what? At least I can pronounce mozzarella, right? Also, Pasta. it's mozzarella. Uh, I, I will. Well, there's fucking noodles and spaghetti. It's spaghetti noodles. Come on now. Um, I mean, I like good pizza. Uh-huh. I mean, that's that's good for the Italian soul, right? There, there, there's nothing better than New York City pizza. At least I'm I do. I'm confident not, you, know, you have had, never I've had, had a good pizza slice of pizza in fucking in Italy. Life. Fuck you, Tricky. Uh, uh, believe it or not, the Italy pizza is not really that good. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Frosty says, I have a question. Frosty. Why? Just Why? But seriously, what upcoming releases are we are we looking forward to this holiday season? Uh, Joe went on to comment says, "I think the most important question is what holiday releases are we getting at this point?" True. But uh, what what uh, what releases are you looking forward to, Alex? Besides uh, The Last of Us. I mean, I want to see more of Ghost of Tsushima. I love Sucker Punch, so I mean, I will probably get that game too. Uh, I, to be honest, though. Like I'm, I'm kind of just I'm focused on playing the games that I have now and getting you know everything I want out of those games. Looking forward to the Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima, and just kind of gonna sit back and see what the PlayStation Five has to offer from the start. I don't know. There's other than those pick two games, I don't really know what else to be excited for as far as Sony goes. Yield. 
Uh, I'll wait until the holiday release schedule comes out to see what I'm interested in getting. Okay. And Steve? Cyberpunk. Couldn't the, care less about that is game. Is the answer to that question. Cyberpunk is, uh, you know, I'm a huge Witcher 3 fan. I think that game was fantastic, and I can't wait to see what they have done with Cyberpunk. Um, yeah, that's my answer. All right. Uh, and this last question is solely for Steve. Oh, shit. Okay. Who CJ wants to know. CJ wants to know, who is Steve? Oh, what's up, man? Hey, CJ. Uh, well, don't, wait, wait, hold on. Before you start, don't yeah. be nice to CJ after you insult his country. Oh, I don't insult his country. It's just, it's, you know, well, isn't the whole thing that it was an island of convicts and then, and then it was, I don't know. Yes. Originally, so, <laughs> Australia started out as a gigantic island of convicts. Right. It was, it was, like, right. It was like a prison colony or something. Yes, I don't care. Was, Whatever. Was, I mean, he's not a criminal. I mean, I, I think he's not. I don't know. He could be. Who, what do I know? Who are you, CJ? That's the question we should be asking. Criminal. He, um, he, I He's the man of a thousand plats. Word. I am Stephen Fontana. I am a former uh, proven gamer editor and uh, and regular uh, pod, rotating podcast host for Trophy Whores. And I used to do Nintendo dual screens on the proven gamer uh, network uh, since uh, I want to say it was last year, last January, I think. Um, we went sort of actually, might I don't know, I don't remember when it was, but we went independent. Uh, so now we are uh, dualscreens.com and we have like a dual screens kind of network of podcasts, shows, and all this other fun stuff. Um, but uh, you know, Tricky's a very good friend, and whenever I can, it never works out. Like, I'm he, Tricky always tells me he considers me a host of this show. I haven't been on the show in 30 episodes. Um, I always tell him, please just take me out of the thing and I'll just be a guest. And he's like, no, you're a host. I, I don't know. I don't know what his, his logic is on that, but the, I love you, man. I, I, I mean, I, I get it. Um, but you know, I don't, I, I just feel bad because you know, Alex and yield and you and even some others do so much hard work for the show. I just feel like I shouldn't be, you know, in that same conversation, but at the same time, it usually comes down to, um, the main reason is scheduling. It's, it's been tough to schedule, getting me being able to get together at the same time you do because I have the two young children. Um, I'm exclusive bedtime guy and I can't record during the day because the kids are, are home and like, it's just, it's always been tough, but like with my own stuff, I could schedule it around my schedule. So it's just easier for me to, you know, to do that and, and, and work it around that. But it works. Sometimes it does work out. Sometimes it's a perfect storm. Uh, I was available yesterday to do the show and we pushed it to today and I was still available today. I didn't have anything on the schedule. So here we are. All right. So, uh, let's close out the show with some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up because we got to get Steven off here to do dad duty, cat do dad, cat dad duty. Ah, they're all right. Cats need love too. I mean, yeah, they're independent, but they need love just like dogs. They do. They do. Proofgamer.com is looking for some house <laughs> housekeeping. Proofgamer.com is looking for some various podcasts and videos, news, pros, and generalized help on the site. If you're interested in playing, go to Proofgamer.com, click on the Help Wanted tab, and fill out the application. I'll get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all the articles and all the videos. Speaking of videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proven Gamer. You can also catch me streaming at twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. And also Sundays at twitch.tv backslash Extra Life for Kids. That's Extra Life, the number four, Kids. Uh, and I'm on there Sundays from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
You want to get a hold of us? There are several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is our phone number. Yield, what's the phone number? 338-PROVEN-9. 338-776-8369. Alex, what is our email? TrophyHorseAtProvingGamer.com. The .com is very important because without it, you can't reach us. And Steven. Yo, that's me. Give us all the Twitter handles. Oh, you got at Proven Gamer. You got at Trophy Whores. Uh, you have uh, uh, at, uh, what are you, at Tricky Mick, I think. Yes. Um, at Sondasaurus Rex. Uh, at I Yield to No One, I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't Correct. remember. <laughs> and I am at Batchild27. And uh, yeah, that's it. Did you really forget after 30 episodes everybody's Twitter handles? I wasn't sure if... I, you saw how quick I got saw on the source Rex. Um, I wasn't sure if Yield had like a weird number letter thing in his handle. He did. He does. It's the number two and the number one in his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. If you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts, PG Spoilers and Game Stuff. All the podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, follow me iTunes, Stitcher, your po- various podcasts. Various podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and CJ's favorite, Deezer. If you... I heard somebody laugh. Who laughed? Oh, boy. It's time for you to go see the man about the thing. Oh, boy. Uh, we have PlayStation 4 communities. There's one for the site called Proving Gamer. There's one for the show called Trophy Horrors. That's uh, spelled with two Vs and seven W. Because fuck Shuhei and, you know, we got Ooh, around you arbitrary rules. Oh, are you talking shit about the Godfather? You're Italian, right? You're part Italian. You ought to know what happens if you talk shit about the Godfather. And Yield's group, which nobody cares about anymore because he'll never give you shout-outs to the Platinum Guild. No, that's actually being done tomorrow. I started writing them down today. Mm-hmm. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Uh, well, actually, you won't see it. You'll hear it. Uh, Unless you're editing, then I guess you would see it. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm the one editing this week. Yeah. Uh, be sure to go check out the Proven Gamer store where you can find all the tricky thoughts, game stuff, Proven Gamer, and Trophy Horse merchandise, including Yield. Yeah. Including Yield. Yeah. Did you get the hat? What kind of hats are you looking for? Uh, flex fit. They are now available, sir. They are? Uh-oh. Where's the link? I got to go look at it. <laughs> uh, they're not live on the store right now, but they oh. will be by the time the show... But they will be before the show gets posted. Okay, they better be. Uh, and our sponsors. You know what, Steve? I'm going to throw you under the bus right now. Okay. Tell us about Humble Bundle. Oh, man. Humble Bundle is probably my favorite thing ever. I mean, it, it blows everything else out of the water. Humble Bundle works with various video game publishers and developers and all that stuff, and they p- throw a bunch of games into a package that you can buy at various tiers. And, like, for 20 bucks, you can get, like, a million games. Like, really, it's, it's insane. But they don't just do games. They do software and all that fun stuff. And we are partnered. So if you use our affiliated link, um, it will the the purchases will go to the charity that we link to it. And I believe it is still our extra life. Is that correct, Tricky? Yes, it is. Yes. So it it'll go directly to the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals, um, and all that stuff. I mean, it's one hundred percent of the profit goes to to charity. And there's all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, what do we got here? We got the two K's game together bundle. Uh, there's three days left on that. There's the Dungeons and Dragons Read the Realms. Uh, 
that has anything 18. under anything under six days, just skip over because it's not going to be available by the time the show comes out. Okay, cool. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, the pay what you want bundle. Uh, we have uh, the Chroma Squads up there for 50% off. The Witcher's up there for 70% off. I mean, there's just a crazy amount of stuff. And again, it's it's not like a digital storefront where they're looking to make money off the stuff. It's 100% charity. So go for it. All right. Alex, tell us about Amazon. Donnie's favorite website. So yes, the Donnie Memorial advertisement. So, <laughs> so wow. <laughs> we all shop on Amazon, especially now, since most people can't leave their fucking homes as of yet. But Amazon.com, before you go to there to do your shopping, go to ProvenGamer.com first. Click on the link. Uh, right side of the page, tricky still. Um. I don't know. I've been updating the site. Well, that's lately, that's so great know. that the guy that updates the site doesn't know where the Amazon link is. Well, I, you know well, what? Shit. To be fair, go I changed the site la- go to four times in the last three days. Have an adventure. Have yourself a nice little adventure and go find that fucking uh, link to Amazon.com. No, go to BrewingGamer.com. Uh, we've got a link for Amazon.com on there. It's one extra step, but you doing that helps us out quite a bit in our partnership with Amazon. Once you click the link, you'll be taken to Amazon.com, and you only have to do it once, Tricky, right? Once is good. Just well, no. Every time we shop, you have to do it. Unless you bookmark it, then uh, just use your. All right. Well, I guess you can't just do. I bet you can't do it just once. But yeah. So go to provingamazon.com and click the Amazon.com link to open up your world of possibilities in the shopping realm. All right. Because no one wants to go to a store to buy TP anymore. You'll tell us about Patreon. I have TP for Bunhole. Is your shirt over your head there, Cornholio? (laughs) <laughs> ah, it's a smashing beavis slap. so we have uh, several tiers especially the one where it gets you tricky thoughts is that it? that's it man uh, you, you're the patreon guy yeah you know we don't study up on the like you've changed up the uh, the rewards for donating or subscribing so how are we hey, supposed to know hey I would be happy I know that Go to patreon.com backslash proof gamer. No matter what tier you decide to support us at, know they greatly appreciate. And yes, as Yield pointed out, it's the only way to get the episodes of Tricky Thoughts, which Mr. Steven Fantana just debuted on uh, recently. What happened? What'd I do? You were on the second episode of Tricky Thoughts. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Ca- I didn't know when that was coming out. Okay, cool. Yeah. It came out nine days ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was, that was fun. That was a nice little little conversation. Yeah, when you yelled at me. Oh, what else? What, what Called me a fucking idiot. Definitely didn't say that. You, you, I, it's definitely in the recording. No. Yes. Not. No. No way. You called me an effing idiot. Not even close. I don't think it ever really? happened, gentlemen. I'm gonna need proof. Well, you have to pay. Uh, pay for the tear. You can listen to it yourself. <laughs> oh, I have to take your word for it. Uh, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have my uh, audio still saved on my computer, so I, I could I could listen to it. Well, just just for your own information, it's uh, still in the Dropbox. Cool. There you go. Uh, remember, if you're Amazon Prime, you're also Twitch Prime. You can come and sub to us on Twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. Uh, free five dollars. Uh, free five dollars subscription every month. I will remind you uh, when the time's up. I had to remind the goddess because she forgot. I thought you were gonna say it was a free five dollar foot long. I was like, wait, what happened? Five dollar. 
$5 foot young. Uh, let's close out the show with some shout outs. Yield, go first. So, I'll give a shout out to Steven for being our special guest tonight. Shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording, as always. Uh, a shout out to you, the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Thank you for listening, downloading, interacting with Facebook, joining us whenever we play a game or whatever. And then I would be uh, left out if I didn't give out the Driver San Francisco Trophy Boost Group. They ended up starting out just uh, a couple of us, and then it ended up exploding, and we were able to get that multiplayer knocked out. For some reason, the server is still working eight years later, which is awesome. So, uh, Barani Car Guy, Belch Pop Corp LTD, BS Colian 93, Kotok 89, Silnev, Platinum Luke, Espatics, Martin, SVK, Most Wanted Best, PGA 99, 0, 8457, and Eric Patrick. All right, Alex, your shout out, sir. Give a shout out to the listeners, the fuel to the fire that is trophy yours. Thank you all for your continued support. Thank you for sharing some time with us every single week and continuing to push us to even greater heights. Give a shout out to Steven for recording with us tonight. It is always, I said it with Donnie, but it's always good to record with Steven. Always good conversation, always fun. And you always learn stuff with Steven because he's a very smart guy. And uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, he is doing some stuff with game development. So uh, keep us posted on that, please, sir. You know, I guess I could always Absolutely. listen to game or uh, dual screens because you probably talk about it there some. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, but, right. sometimes. But he's he's going to forget He's gonna forget about us when he gets big. Maybe you. No, no. Uh, no. But definitely always love uh, recording with Steven, so tonight was a very good night. Uh, Shouts to Tricky and Yield for their usual source of camaraderie. And last but not least, uh, my awesome girlfriend Ashley. Shout out to you, hon. I love you. And that is going to close out my shout-outs. Steven, your shout-out, sir. Shout-out to you guys, uh, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. Uh, the, the very tight show. I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's always good to talk Sony. Um, shout out to our, uh, mer- emergency responders, uh, shout out to our nurses, our doctors, our hospitals, uh, um, and as much as I hate to say it, you know, shout out to our government who are trying at least to do things, um, whether or not those things work, uh, you know, what about your local sanitation thank, workers thank you for working? Well, you're part, you're part of the, you know, yes, absolutely. Sanitation workers, because, you know, <laughs> holy shit, the amount of cardboard boxes that are in this house. Let me tell you, it is absurd. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you, uh, everybody who is working out there. Thank you to, you know, all of our food deliveries, our grocery deliveries, um, everything, all of that. Um, and also if you don't mind, I would like to plug, I know a lot of people probably turned off the show by this point, but, um, I do have a new show that just debuted, um, today, uh, called dual screens versus it is a, uh, part in the interruption style game show thing for nerds uh, where Andy and I debate various topics uh, that the guest moderator um, pretty much uh, it's kind of, it's like based around their interests um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And our first host guest host was uh, John Penapinto of the nothing podcast with nobody important, which if you like funny shit, if you want to just laugh, that show is fantastic. Um, They bring on everyday people who do really cool uh, stuff that's, you know, they'll, they'll have a sanitation worker on and they'll talk about his, his career. They'll have like the local doctor or, you know, all this fun stuff. Um, they've also had Broadway actors and, and really, really cool people. Um, 
So, uh, but yeah, it would, we, we debuted that show. That's on YouTube, youtube.com slash dual screens TV. Uh, it's dual with an E, uh, but you go to dual screens.com to find everything that, that we do. So, uh, and yeah, that's it. All right. And I want to give a shout out to the goddess who is sitting in the delivery room playing, uh, Mario Odyssey right now. Wahoo! Uh, uh, shout out to Sweet Mama D, who I'm going to get to spend time with in two days for a whole week. I'm very excited about that. Shout out to the listeners. Shout out to Steven for coming on. And until next week, guys, happy trophy hunting. Bye. Later. Be excellent to each other. Later, part two. song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines. Five seconds of silence. Five, four, three, three, two, two one. one, and. St-